witches. I'm Felicia. And I'm Holly. Join us as we embark on a journey to discover the ins and outs of witchcraft and what it means to be a witch in today's world. Grab your grimoires, your crystals, and a hot cup of tea, and let's get get spooky. Are we recording? Oh, yeah. Wonderful. Okay. (laughs) Hey, Holly. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) It's great. How are you? (laughs) Living the fucking dream, bud. Yeah? Good. Oh yeah. Great to hear. Like I like I've said before, some days it just feels like a fever dream. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, great time. Um we were coming up for more ideas for the Patreon episodes and we had some pretty big fucking fails. And uh <laughs> yeah, it was good time. It was a good time. Maybe we'll just make an entire episode of us failing to make an episode. You know, here's the thing. Okay. Because I was like, let's cap it at 15 minutes. And 45 minutes in, I was like, this is going nowhere. Absolutely. <laughs> nothing ventured, nothing gained. Fair. Fair you enough. Know? We tried. We know it doesn't work. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And some of the ones you do, you miss anyways. And that was <laughs> a like, nice shot. The percentages are better when you take the shot. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I just feel like a fool because last week you fooled me with your April Fool's <laughs> story. And then immediately after, I fooled myself thinking that this book would be a good idea for an episode. Congratulations. You played yourself. Yeah. So you played me and then I played me. I'm just a fiddle. <laughs> but on the flip side, I am very excited for this episode. I have been working on it for a little while. See, you've been uh, putting all your brain power into this episode. Yeah, which is why I'm such a fucking flop on everything else which, right now. I mean, apparently. it's completely fair to me. <laughs> so this week, we're going to talk about a really famous witch that we all know. Ooh who we have seen depicted throughout Hollywood for years and who is the inspiration behind a lot of um, characters who come out of good old Louisiana. So this week we're talking about Marie Laveau, the voodoo queen of New Orleans, (gasps) who I love. That's so exciting. (laughs) So are you ready to get into it? I love New Orleans. Let's do it. Let's do it. You comfy? You happy? I'm great. All right, let's go. Marie Laveau. She was born September 10th, 1801. She's most well known as a Louisiana Creole practitioner of voodoo, who by the end of her life became the most well-known voodoo queen of New Orleans. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So as well as a practitioner of voodoo, Marie was also a highly skilled and sought after herbalist, midwife, and healer in the French Quarter of New Orleans today. The French Quarter is um, a part of New Orleans. Yeah. 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 So it's an old French section of New Orleans. So that's kind of where she spent most of her time was within the French Quarter. Cool. So when I refer to New Orleans, I'm kind of talking about that Mostly just the French Quarter. French Quarter and surrounding. Cool. That is like the area area of... Yeah. Orleans, if you wanted to go for sure. Right? So her techniques, tales of healing unhealable cases, and the sensationalization of her rituals during her healing sessions became renowned within the French Quarter and throughout all of New Orleans. Wow. Right? Wow. So historical records state that Marie Laveau was born a free woman of color in colonial New Orleans. Wow. So similar to how Massachusetts 
uh, Massachusetts, uh, Salem was New England. Louisiana was New France. Yes. Right? Yeah. So she was the biological daughter of Charles Laveau, who was a wealthy businessman, and Marguerite Arcantel. De Arcantel. They're all French names, so I'm trying my best here. Um, who was a freed slave. Wow. Marie was the first generation of her family to be born free. That's really cool. Right? Especially like, in 1801. Yeah. 1801 is, I think, really early for yeah. freed slaves. So Laveau's great-grandmother came to New Orleans as a slave from West Africa in 1743. And her grandmother, Catherine, eventually wound up being bought by Francois Pomet, a free woman of color and successful entrepreneur in New France, Louisiana. Cool. Following the reported death of her first husband, Jacques Paris, she entered a domestic partnership with Christophe Dominique Dumy Le Galipion. I gotta stop you with Jacques. Jacques. Are you sure it's not just Jacques? How do you spell Jacques? J A C Q U E S. Yeah, okay, then Jacques Paris. Okay. Jacques. <laughs> I've seen a few different ways of it, the spelling. So, yeah. so Jacques Paris. She entered a partnership with Christophe Dominique. Dumi de Galapion, who was a noble French descendant um, of White Orient. So in the time that her and him entered this partnership, it was illegal for black and white people to be married. So they just lived in this like common law partnership until his death in 1855. Yeah. So they were reported to have 15 children. Holy shit. Which it's unclear if that includes children and grandchildren in some sources, but it has been absolutely confirmed by birth and baptismal records that they definitely had at least seven children. God damn. Which only two survived into adulthood. Well, that's why they had so many children, you right? know? So during her life, Marie Laveau was known to attend to prisoners who were sentenced to death. Mm. Rumors circulated that she had provided poisons uh, or other substances to these prisoners before they were um, like walked out to the gallows to receive their, their punishments. Oh, yeah. But so. it was never actually proven that she actually provided anybody with any of these like tinctures or that would make sense though like to kind of ease their suffering before they were hung or exactly where they would die before they got to the gallows yeah right or yeah it was said that marie would perform all different types of catholic traditions during these visits to the prisoners and that she would also prepare the men's last meal and pray with them before their deaths uh, Marie Laveau also sought pardons or communications of the se- of the sentences for those she favored and was often successful in her efforts. Wow. So she actually ended up getting a lot of people off of death row in That's crazy. New Orleans in like 1800. So which, if, I'm sorry to interrupt, but if there were ahead. baptism records, does that mean she was like she's Catholic? Catholic. So she was raised wow. Catholic. She was a devout Catholic. And in her mind, she was also a practitioner of voodoo. But in her mind and the way she saw it there, they could live harmoniously. She was still able to go to church every Sunday, follow the Christian faith, 
Yeah. And practice voodoo, oh, which okay. was, I'll get into it a little bit more about like the history of voodoo later on. Yeah. But yeah, really interesting. That is really cool. And like, you know, we've said this so many times here on the podcast that like whatever magical, I don't know, construct you choose to follow can live simultaneously with whatever religion you choose to follow. Absolutely. And I mean, if Marie Laveau could do it in 1801. So can you in 2022, boo. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So Marie Laveau uh, took a really short time to dominate the voodoo culture and society within New Orleans before becoming locally accepted as the voodoo queen. So before she was seen as like the voodoo queen of New Orleans, she was kind of like that prominent figure. So even though there were queens before her, she was very much who people like sought out and wanted to go to. She was probably more approachable too, right? Maybe, as yeah. A, as a person. Right. You know, she's a she's a Catholic, you know, a, a devout Catholic well, and, and keep a in, happy. Keep in mind too, right. like you got to remember that there is a lot of racial issues throughout this entire story oh yeah so her being a free woman of color who is kind of has one foot in both communities because her father is a mix of black and white and so i think she kind of had like a toe in obviously more predominantly in the black community but had had like that foot in in the white community and voodoo is typically practiced by, you know, it was brought brought to the Americas by African slaves and it was a very much like an African religion. I thought it was Haitian. Well, it's originally from Africa. Okay. And then there's two subsets, the Haitian voodoo and oh, okay. like New Orleans, Louisiana voodoo. Okay. But cool. or, but it originates from Africa yes. and African tribes. Okay, cool. Both do. Yeah. So during her decades as queen, customers often appealed to her for help with family disputes health, finances, and even more. Laveau performed her services in three main places. Her home on St. Anne Street, uh, within Go Square, and at Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, she was the third female leader of voodoo in New Orleans. Um, period. Marie Laveau <laughs> maintained her authority throughout her leadership, although there was an attempt to challenge her in 1850. Due to her strong influence, New Orleans voodoo lost a large number of adherents after her death because she just had such she an influence was, yeah, oh, so, in, in the religion and in the culture and in the community that afterwards like if she's not there I don't want a part of it basically kind of yeah so during her life she also started a beauty parlor where she was a hairdresser for the wealthy families of New Orleans glamour magic yeah baby. so it's said that throughout her profession as a hairdresser she kind of became like the town's confidant yeah, and she right. very much knew everything that was going be going on between these um, like wealthy families of New yeah. Orleans, which I'm sure as a hairstylist you can attest oh, yeah. to. People love to gossip when they get in your chair. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so she know she knew everything about who was who and what they were doing and whose, whose man was who. going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. She was also a well known as a female religious leader of the Catholic faith in her community and a community activist. Yeah, so she was just like so ingrained in the community. She was everything. She was like a culture of her own. Do you know what I mean? Everything that I read about her very much like she was so ingrained in the actual culture of New Orleans that I think she was just this like almost like a personification 
of New Orleans. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So her community activities included visiting prisoners, like we talked about, providing lessons to women of color within the community because they weren't allowed to attend like educational facilities in this time. Yeah. And she was fighting against slavery laws. So she was like an act, like a legal activist against slavery laws. She was advocating against. Yep. And she was doing voodoo rituals for those in need wild and a hairdresser wild time she was doing i want whatever she is having because if you got 15 children you're married you're a hairdresser you're the most sought after voodoo queen you are an activist you feed prisoners you're going and you're making it to church every sunday i thought i was busy i thought i was busy but this bitch needs like like crazy i want whatever she has (laughs) you know like how how are you doing that? Plus, like, you're running a fa- like a household, yeah. basically, right? Like, yeah. Because so, in 1800, or in the 1800s, like, women were expected to run their household, yes, you know? Yes, absolutely. So Marie Laveau died on June 15th, 1881, at the oh age of God. 79. Wow. Right? a long time. Yeah. So on June 17th, 1881, uh, it was announced in the daily like newspaper that Marie Laveau had died peacefully in her home with her family. So in a very well-known like newspaper that was circulated around New Orleans and other parts of Louisiana, like they had announced her death. Like, yeah, she had tons of obituaries. Lots of very prominent people wrote, you know, stories and farewells and good wishes to her, which is quite incredible for being a woman of color in yeah. 1881 right especially in south america oh exactly or not south america but southern a southern state in america yeah you know what i mean so according to the louisiana writers project her funeral was lavish and attended by a diverse audience including members of the white elite Oh, yeah, because she she knew the dirt on all of them, probably. So oral traditions and folklore from multiple religions and different sources state that she was seen by some people in town after her supposed demise and can still be seen today when she chooses to show herself. Oh, I love her. Right? News of her death was featured in a number of newspapers, including the Sutton Spectator in Virginia, the Omaha Daily Beat in Nebraska, as well as several newspapers published in Minnesota. So like... All the way up to Minnesota. Yeah. In 1881. What the fuck? Crazy, right? That's I had to I had to include it in there because when I saw it, I was like, all the way to fucking Minnesota. That's wow. crazy. Wow. Right? So now let's focus on her magical career. Now that we know a little bit about her life. Her bio. Her bio, her yeah. intro. Let's talk about her magical career. Okay. So we are gonna be talking about voodoo and what voodoo is. So I mm-hmm. would like to put out here before we begin that voodoo is a closed practice. And what a closed practice is, is that they are practices that you can only be included in if you were born into the community or if you have been initiated into it by a high ranking member of the community. Typically us Mayo sapiens. Mayo sapiens. <laughs> oh my fuck. It is off limit to us. Yes. Us of the printer paper persuasion. Yeah. If you is, look like uh, a toilet seat, you can't join. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's it's Basically. just I mean, here's the thing, right? So to join or be able to practice voodoo, one must find a priest or a priestess of the voodoo religion and commit to the practice using very sacred traditions. Um, It's not something that you can just pick up and add to your repertoire of magical practices. You just... Yeah, it's sacred. It's it's sacred. It has very large fundamentals in religion. And you have to understand... 
everything that goes behind it and like really appreciate it. Otherwise, it's just straight up cultural appropriation yeah call it what it is exactly you know well, and uh, you know a lot of people when they were brought to america it was beat out of them yeah where, like you cannot practice this Absolutely. you cannot do anything like this so in order for us you know mayo sapiens us white people to appropriate that it's disrespectful to the highest degree yeah absolutely right so yeah so i wanted to kind of um give an explanation as to what voodoo is what is it? But as somebody who does not practice it, as somebody who does not know a lot about the culture and the religion and the idea behind it, I thought it best to find somebody who did know what they were talking about. Oh, okay. So I found an article and the name is What is Voodoo? Understanding a Misunderstood Religion. And it's written by an author who is really incredible. And I read some of her other articles and they are amazing. I will link them in the show notes. But her name is Salmira Era Haas, who is a voodoo mambo, which translates to voodoo priestess. Wow, cool. Yeah, and she has some really incredible articles. Another one that she wrote, it's called um, Black Savagery and Voodoo Horror at Universal Studios Bayou of Blood. So in that one, she talks a lot about how Hollywood just like really bastardizes mm-hmm. and like villainizes voodoo right absolutely it does so i am gonna read verbatim what she has written because i think she puts it best and i think that she knows best and i don't think for one second that i will be able to give it justice to a tenth of the degree that she does fair right absolutely so i think it's just best if we take verbatim from a voodoo priestess what voodoo is yeah exactly okay so she says voodoo probably isn't what you think it is it might be easier to start with what voodoo isn't voodoo isn't accurately portrayed in most movies tv shows or books even some documentaries and non-fiction books are misleading voodoo isn't a cult It is not black magic or devil worship. People who practice voodoo are not witch doctors, sorcerers, or occultists. Voodoo isn't a practice intended to hurt or control others. Most voodooists have never even seen a voodoo doll, unless like you, they saw it in a movie. Oh, shit. (laughs) Right? Calling it like it is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I I read this and I was like, yeah, yes, right? So voodoo isn't morbid or violent. Voodoo isn't the same everywhere. Not everyone who practices voodoo does it in exactly the same way or agrees on exactly the same things. Voodoo is a religion that originates in Africa. In the Americas and the Caribbean, it is thought to be a combination of various African, Catholic, and Native American traditions. It is practiced around the world, but there is no accurate account of how many people are voodooists. Voodoo has no scripture or worldly authority. It is community-centered and supports individual experience, empowerment, and responsibility. Voodoo is different in different parts of the world and varies from community to community. Today, we're going to focus on New Orleans voodoo, which is said to be an amalgamation of the different types of African voodoo that slaves brought with them Mm. uh, when they were brought to the Americas. So that's the portion of voodoo that we're looking at today, right? It's totally different in places like like you said in Haiti in different parts of Africa in different parts of the Caribbean so it's very different wherever you go because different knowledge has been brought around the world Mm -hmm. and kind of 
turned into whatever it is to suit where people were living and what they remembered, right? Yeah, exactly. So to understand what they believe, you first have to understand how a voodooist sees the world. Those who practice voodoo believe that there is a visible and invisible world and that these worlds are intertwined. Death is a transition to the invisible world. So our predecessors are still with us in spirit. They watch over us and inspire us. In addition, our ancestors and loved ones we knew in life are the Lawa, which can also be understood as archetypes of human personalities. And others that embody more specific concerns are localities, such as Marie Laveau in New Orleans. Right? Uh, Each Lawa is actually a family of similar types. Voodooists develop relationships with the Lawa to seek their counsel and help with concerns in the visible world. In some ways, this is not dissimilar to the secular practice of studying and honoring remarkable historical figures. For example, someone who wishes to affect social change might find inspiration from Martin Martin Luther King Jr. or Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi and feel a kinship with them. They may read their books, keep posters of them on the wall, place significance on their day of birth or death, and try and live by their example. In similar fashion, a voodooist develops relationships with a particular loa, seeks to understand and embody the principles that they represent. Um, connect spiritually in order to affect personal transformation and manifest this energy in the visible world to help the living. Oh. Yeah, interesting. I had no, like, I never knew any of this, right? Wow. So voodoo has ordained clergy in the same way that Christianity or Judaism or Islam has. So they have hugon, H-O-U-G-A-N, which are priests, and manbo, which are priestesses. Yes, that make a commitment to a spiritual path and can offer guidance when needed. But it is believed that each person is responsible for their own actions and capable of self-actualization. Voodooists especially place values on the strength of community for support and enrichment. Which I just thought this was so interesting. Yeah, that's so cool. (laughs) Right? So then she goes on to say, just as there are differences within other faiths, there is great variation within voodoo beliefs and practices. In places and times where conditions are very desperate, voodoo is often focused on survival. So she also says, racism clouds our view of voodoo. It is rooted in slavery and intrinsically connected to this hemisphere's political and social evolution. Voodoo was first practiced in America and the Caribbean by slaves of African descent, whose culture was both feared and ridiculed. Yeah. Slaves were not considered fully human. Their religion was dismissed as superstition. Their priests were degraded as witch doctors and their gods and spirits were denounced as evil. So like exactly what you said, right? Where it was like, you know, sometimes physically beaten out of them or, you know, we see it a lot in like... Yeah, we see it a lot in like indigenous cultures here in Canada where, you know, Christianity would not allow anything but Christianity to pass forward or Catholicism would not allow anything yeah. Right. And everything was seen as blasphemous if you did. Yeah. So voodoo, unfortunately, fell victim to the same thing. Anything that was different than Christianity did. Sadly. Exactly. One of the 
one of the only successful slave revolutions in modern uh, history occurred in Haiti in the late 1700s. Oh. So slaves of African descent overthrew European rulers and took control of the country. And many of these slaves were voodooists. And some of their military leaders were priests who inspired and organized their communities to fight for freedom. Fuck yeah. Which is why you see that in um in Hades there's still a lot of voodoo is practiced and it's very well known and it's still within the political structures well, yeah, that Haitian exist today voodoo is well known yes well, exactly well known. and yeah. i think i well it's quite clear that because they overthrew these european rulers they were allowed to freely practice exactly what they wanted to practice without this like hierarchy of catholicism oh, or christianity sure. getting involved in it yeah right so because of this revolution though it f- it like provoked fear in european and american colonies that were fucking their entire economies were reliant on slaves yeah like completely reliant on the slaves on in like plantation labor for example right so um it became incredibly threatening to these you know european colonies yeah to see what had happened in haiti so immediately they decided that voodoo was evil they basically they went on a marketing campaign to prove that voodoo was this like awful thing and unfortunately it just has continued all the way to 22 where people just only ever see this incredibly bastardized bastardized version Mm -hmm. of this very sacred religion and practice that's so sad right so over time american culture has become fascinated with this mysterious tradition and began to depict it in movies books um as basically sensationalized horror yeah, I mean, like, uh, shrunken head and, you know, Voodoo dolls. Ch- chicken blood. Yeah, and, lots and of animal sacrifice, lots it, of black magic, yeah. death work, right? Which none of it is true. No. Right? So, um, yeah, like, Hollywood basically just bastardized and turned all of this modern folk- folklore into something, like, super evil. And unfortunately, Voodoo is just at the center of all of that. Yeah. Right? Um, so... That being said, uh, you can kind of get the mindset of where the Americas were when Marie Laveau (laughs) was the voodoo queen of New Orleans in in the 1800s. Insane. Yeah, right? She probably brought a lot of different perspective to it. Absolutely. Right? Because, oh, they think it's inherently evil and inherently, you know, working with the devil and blah, blah, blah. But then... Oh wait, no this this voodoo queen is a good Catholic woman. Yeah, she goes to church every sun like yeah. every Sunday. She is you know a pillar of our community. And- not only that, she's also like not married, but yeah. is in partnership with a very prominent French descendant, yeah. like a well standing member of the white community. Yeah, she's the wife of and the mother of his children. Right. Yeah. So, I just my favorite part of Marie Laveau one of my favorite things about Marie Laveau is just the idea of how many Karens she pissed off just by existing oh absolutely love it absolutely I fucking love it I'm just picturing all these women like me and Marie Laveau just living her fucking best life and she's having a great fucking time I would hope I would hope she had a great fucking time right so Marie was a black priestess of astounding beauty so it's written that she was just absolutely gorgeous as well Mm. so just a fucking cherry on top she's fucking beautiful right so sometimes referred to (laughs) 
sometimes referred to as Madame Laveau, was said to have wielded tremendous power in her community and rumors of her magical abilities were so persistent that visitors to this day still visit her gravesite and leave tokens in exchange for small requests from her oh right she is said to have those ancestors for sure right (laughs) she is said by some to be the granddaughter of a powerful priestess um laveau reportedly had familial background in African spirituality, um, but obviously can't be proven as there wasn't great records kept no. of, of slaves who were brought to the Americas. Uh, she was drawn to the religion after the death of her mother. Laveau underwent um, basically her teachings from a man named Dr. John Bayou, a well-known root worker. And root worker is just another term for New Orleans style voodoo. Is how they a root to- worker. Mm-hmm. Is there like in the root cellar? Or? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think a lot of it also has to do with like herbalism. Does that mean like physical? I don't know. Roots. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I, I don't want to speak to it just because I, Fair. I don't actually don't know. know. Yeah, but I just know that it is in reference to like the specific New Orleans, yeah, version of voodoo. Huh. Um. Cool. Again, she did not take long to dominate the culture and society surrounding voodoo in New Orleans. Um, she was queen for several decades and people sought her advice for, I just put together a, a, a small list of marital affairs. So helping to figure out if husbands were staying faithful, yeah. if friends were sleeping around. Um, she also helped with domestic disputes. So it was said that she was capable of uh, being a herbalist, like capable of helping create different types of like tinctures and potions that would help in like communication or understanding or things like that um judicial issues childbearing obviously as a midwife yeah uh, finances health and good luck uh damn right she would in turn counsel her practitioners by supplying them with advice or protective spiritual objects such as candles powder and an assortment of other items mixed together to create grigris which is basically like a talisman it's a voodoo like amulet or talisman yeah yeah okay so she would provide these to yeah people to help with whatever it was that they needed uh she was also said to have a large python snake that she wrapped around her shoulders and had a fitting name of grand zombie which was a like a a a deity in the african or voodoo pantheon cool yeah so so fucking cool right so in the front room of her cottage housed multiple altars filled with candles holy images and offering offerings and she would lead weekly meetings which included blacks and whites. So this is like some of the first recordings of like anti-segregation. Yes. Between blacks and whites. Mixed. Um, con- exactly. Mixed congregation. Exactly. Yeah. Where their participants would dress in all white and then chant and sing and leave an offering of liquor and food to the spirits. Cool. Right. Very Fuck interesting. Yes. As Even queen. Right. <laughs> As queen, Laveau predominantly orchestrated rituals at three main sites we talked about earlier. At her home in St. Anne Street, uh, Congo Square, Congo Square. also, I think I mispronounced earlier, 
but it's Congo Square. Okay. Um, and Lake Pontchartrain. Um, at her home at St. Anne Street, Laveau would converse with clients who would meet with her regarding any issues that they were having. So this is where she would create those talismans, you know, do readings. Client work. Yeah. Exactly. Client work. Um, in her backyard, she would also have ceremonies that conjured the spirits of great zombie, the deity Dambala Wedu, who would manifest through the snake. Cool. Yeah. Very Fuck interesting, yeah. right? The second major uh, ritualistic space was Congo Square. Uh, and that was a public square that was set aside by city officials as a gathering space for both enslaved and free African people. Nice. So it was like an area of the French Quarter that all of these Just people could for... meet. Yeah. So Laveau would gather her followers here on Sundays to dance and worship. Uh, no major ceremonies would take place here, but it was a place of spiritual gathering and reju rejuvenation for Africans who experienced major oppression and hardships both on the plantain and as free citizens. Yeah. Uh, the last place of significance that was presided over by Laveau was Bayou St. John's, uh, which was located on the shore of the lake. Yeah. Um, it was here that major ceremonies took place amongst the initiated in the religion. In the bayou. Exactly. So, But again, you could only participate in these ceremonies if you were initiated into voodoo religion. Yeah. You couldn't participate in any other way. Um, Laveau would often be accompanied by her king or second ranking male officiate. Singing, dancing, drumming, and spirit possession would occur in these gatherings. Curious white, right? Curious white people would often sneak into the woods and witness these ceremonies. For sensationalism, they would often report extreme tales of what they witnessed. She ran other operations at the Mason Blanche by, by the lake as well, which some said was built for secret voodoo meetings and liaisons between my, white men and black women. Oh, which I highly doubt. So of Laveau's liaison, right? So of Laveau's magical career, there's little that can actually be substantiated. A lot of it is just based on lore and like those oral traditions of passing down the stories, and it's almost like this legacy that was yeah. built. Yeah. Um, and that it also includes if she w whether or not she actually had the great snake, um, who was named after the African deity, right? Um, and it's crazy whether to think she might have though insane amazing so whether the occult part of her magic mixed with Roman Catholic saints uh, with African spirits Native American spiritualism like a lot of it played into what we know of Marie Laveau today so we also don't know if uh, her divination was supported by a network of informants she developed while working as a hairdresser yeah right? so yeah and they, a lot of the people that she worked with as well were also slaves within these but prominent white households. I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. Gotta be a little bit magic to keep be able to keep a snake alive <laughs> in the 1800s. Yeah, dude. There was no, there's no heating lamps back then. Nope. There was no aquariums. Where would you go to buy feed or like, you know? Here's the thing. At least they're in Louisiana. That's true. At least the weather is sustainable for snakes <laughs> yeah right so yeah. she excelled at ob uh, obtaining inside information on her wealthy patrons and by instilling fear in their in their servants whom she either paid or cured of mysterious ailments wow right so she had a grip on the entire community yeah they didn't want to lose her nope no nope. so just to end this off 
I kind of want to end on the legacy that she's left behind yeah, for us today. So one of her daughters, also named Marie, assumed her position with her name and carried on her magical practices, taking over as the queen soon before or after the first Marie Laveau's death. Wow. Right? As Laveau aged, the story goes that her and her daughters perpetuated a shady switch by passing off the younger Marie as the mother to give the impression that Marie Laveau's powers were so great that she would never age. <laughs> right? Yeah. Isn't that incredible? I love that for her, them. Her daughter, Marie Laveau II, also was a practitioner of voodoo and root work. Um, and African spiritualism, also known as like the Louisiana voodoo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Laveau's name and her history has been surrounded by a, by tons of legend and lore, as we've talked about. Um, she's generally believed to have been buried in plot 347 in uh, the family crypt in uh, St. Louis Cemetery Number 1 in New Orleans. But this has been disputed by a journalist who used her as a character in a novel. And like he did a ton of research on her and was like, no, that's not where she's buried. But tourists continue to visit and draw X marks in accordance with the decades-old tradition that if people wanted Laveau to grant them a wish, they had to draw an X on the tomb, turn around three times, knock on the tomb, yell out their wish, and if it was granted, come back, circle their X, and leave Laveau an offering. Oh, I so love that. tourists today still visit her grave and mark an X on her grave. Cool. Right? In 1982, the New Jersey-based punk rock band, The Misfits, were arrested and accused of attempting to exhume Laveau from her grave <gasps> after a fuck? local concert. An arrest was made. However... There are conflicting accounts of the actual incident. Oh, <laughs> wild, hey? What were they doing? I fucking no idea. I looked it up and a lot of it just says they were trying to exhume and they were like, no, we would never do that. Ah, right. Okay. That's Although, lame. <laughs> Although some references to Marie Laveau in popular culture refer to her as a witch, she is best known as voodoo priestess and she's frequently described as voodoo queen. As we've all said, at the time of her death, the New York Times, the New, or the New Orleans uh, Daily Newspaper and the Daily States and other news sources describe her as a woman of great beauty, intellect and charisma, who was also pious, charitable and a skilled herbal healer. Wow. So that is the story behind Marie Laveau. Incredible. What right? a wild life she lived. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> wow. I um. I think I really want to do a part two yeah. to this and just try and find as much lore surrounding some of the yeah um, either rituals or whatever it was that she did just to see if I can find some good stories. Even talk about like her um, her pull on pop culture in general, right? right? Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure they featured her on American Horror Story. Absolutely, they featured. She's been featured in all sorts of things. So much. She like yeah. she is the fundamental like voodoo queen source. Well, yeah. source material for yeah. so much of what we see in Hollywood today yeah. comes from she's the most prominent yeah. person like right? when you think of american voodoo it's marie laveau yeah right yeah, everybody absolutely. and everybody knows the name even if yeah. you don't really know her history or her story or what she did you yes. know the name marie laveau absolutely yeah absolutely well i hope you enjoyed i did that was <laughs> awesome thank you it took a lot 
of yeah. reading. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So there'll be a lot, a lot of sources in the show notes. But again, I really recommend if you're interested to learn more about like not saying like to learn the voodoo practice, but if you're interested in reading about how um, basically it was like twisted and is still be twisted yeah. in the history and the whole ideology behind voodoo i hi i'll i'll link um those two articles in the yeah. show notes and they're incredible even just to read them just take a read through them they're really really great well and here's the thing as much as we say like yes it is this is a closed practice voodoo is a closed practice you need to know about the closed practice in order to ensure that you are not unintentionally practicing it yeah appropriating their customs exactly right i think you i think it's important to educate yourself so that you know the do's and the don'ts exactly right so you don't know your breaking rules if you don't know the rules exactly Yeah. yeah You don't even. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, I think it's just really interesting because as I started reading more about like, I'm not going to lie, I had a very, very bastardized idea of what voodoo, voodoo was yeah. and of Marie Laveau and of Louisiana, New Orleans, like all of that stuff. Right? I would love to go to New Orleans. Same. Oh, man. But yeah, so it was just a really it was really interesting actually doing the like research backup portion of this episode because i learned a lot of shit and you know like we've said many a times it it became evidently clear i knew a jack shit about it so that's my favorite thing to do is is realize that i thought i knew a lot of things about one thing and then i then i don't yeah i am all of a sudden i'm like oh everything i knew was wrong was super wrong (laughs) was super wrong and was perpetuated and is still wrong Yeah. yeah So it was absolutely yeah. It was a lot of fun to actually do this episode. And Marie Laveau is so fucking interesting. There's so many really interesting stories about her. Fuck yeah, right? So yeah, hell yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed. I did. <laughs> good job, man. That was good. Thank you. What a short and sweet episode this yeah. week. We are at you know 45 minutes yeah. almost. Like, Just wow. bang it out, you know. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like I didn't. Here's the thing. You can really fall into. Oh, it's a rabbit hole. The over description. Yeah. Right. Of like, what is this? And what is that? And who is this? And how is that? And like, you can go into the history of New France and all of this stuff. And I really wanted to try and focus on Marie Laveau. Yeah. This is what this episode is about. It's about her, not about voodoo as a whole, really. No, it's not about voodoo as a whole, but voodoo is a very important part of her story. Yes. And I think yeah. it had to have a moment to be recognized and spoken about uh, in order to tell her story appropriately. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. But I think Marie Laveau is a fucking badass. Fuck yeah, she is. Yeah. Super cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. All of you. Yourself Ooh. included, Holly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. I am always here for the ride, man. Right. <laughs> uh, if you... If I fucked up anything, uh, and I'm really sorry if I botched pronunciations. It's okay. French pronunciations are hard. Are hard. I tried really hard. I listened there's to them. There's so many silent T's. Yeah, silent there's so many. Everything. S's. Yeah. So I tried my I tried my absolute best, but I am uh, preemptively apologizing for... You did a great job. Thank you. You, you tried your damnedest. <laughs> I tried. Jacqui. Um, Jacqui. <laughs> just cut that uh, oh yeah no so, yeah shock um yeah so if you want to let us know if you have any really cool stories about marie laveau or if you've read a cool tale about marie yeah. laveau you can reach out to us on our instagram at what up which is pod you can our, uh, 
hit me up on twitter at what up witches uh on facebook at what up witches podcast um tiktok we do stuff but i don't think you can reach out to us there not really but you can Comment watch stuff. On our videos i guess <laughs> uh and us. <laughs> yeah and uh, again we're still looking for spooky stories unfortunately we didn't get enough in march to actually make a listener episode so here's hoping april goes better yeah we didn't <laughs> yeah we've also kind of didn't really have any time no it's been uh <laughs> we are on like crunch time yeah right now like uh yeah pushing hard to get shit done right now i feel that <laughs> so yeah but reach out to us let us know if you have anything interesting if you're interested to hear more about marie laveau if you've learned something new today that's also fucking cool and uh you know we're also on patreon oh yeah um as we so eloquently described at the beginning of this episode we don't really know what we're doing on there yet but we are trying our damnedest so yep. if you want to be along for the ride for that we can only get better at this point i think <laughs> so i mean yeah oh. if we're on a downwards trajectory we're fucked yeah <laughs> there's blooper reels on there yeah um and there's also uh i think there's early access to early access to 24 hours before yeah we come out on all of the other platforms you yeah. get early access to our episodes so if you really really love us you want you, you want can't wait till fridays <laughs> right? you want to listen to us first yeah get in there well getting's good yeah exactly so well either way we love you all <laughs> we appreciate you all thank you for still listening yeah thank you for being here and uh stay spooky bye <laughs>